Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the State of Florida Sports Podcast, presented by the USA Today Network. Here's your host, Tim Walters. The Honda Classic has fallen victim to its bad placement on the PGA schedule in recent years. What once was a tournament that hosted most of the world's top golf players now can't even get one of the top ten to partake. The Honda comes after two big tournaments out west and before two more here in Florida, so many players take the week of the Honda off so they can do their best at the Arnold Palmer Invitational and Players' Championship. There are possibilities in the works that could bolster the tournament. What are those? And what will happen now that Honda is ending its sponsorship of the tournament after 42 years? And how is Live Golf affecting the Honda and the ensuing two tournaments in the state of Florida? To help sort it all out, I welcome in golf expert Tom D'Angelo of the Palm Beach Post. Tom has been reporting on all sorts of news dealing with the Honda Classic, Live Golf, and everything else golf recently, and he'll join us to tell us what he knows. Hello again, everybody. I'm Tim Walters, and thank you once again for joining me on the State of Florida Sports Podcast, powered by the USA Today Network. This podcast utilizes our Florida Sports Network of beat writers, columnists, and some special guests to bring you up to speed on the most important sports topics. Our Florida network consists of 17 news sites that encompass the state. We encourage you to subscribe to your hometown newspaper and, of course, this podcast to help support the incredible journalism done by our talented staffs. Tom D'Angelo has been reporting on golf and everything else South Florida for more than four decades. His golf reporting in recent weeks has received hundreds of thousands of page views as the interest grows in the continuing rift between the PGA and Live Golf. Let's bring Tom in and get down to some golf. Tom, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Tim. Great to be back and great to start a whole new year and uh, especially kicking off the golf season here. Absolutely. It's time for all those golf tournaments here in Florida. So let's start there. We've got the Honda Classic coming up right there in your backyard in South Florida. And you had a nice column this past week looking at how the Honda Classic's glory days, maybe you're seemingly behind it. And you also lay out ways that can help. So let's start there. The Honda comes after the end of the West Coast Swing, and it's the start of four straight events here in Florida. So talk about some of the things that can be done after the Genesis in the next few years to help get this tournament back to those glory days where it was just, you know, it seems like just a few years ago when Tiger Woods was winning it. Yeah, it wasn't long ago. This was among the best non-majors in the country. The fields were great. They had seven out of the top 10 uh, in 2014. Um, they've always had, they always have had great crowds. Uh, it's, it's the, you know, it's, it's, uh, the, one of the golf capitals of the world with all the PGA tour players that live here. But recently the, the, the schedule has, uh, just worked against them. You know, Honda's always fell here for, for m- most of the years. It's, it's, it's the first event after Genesis. So it's the first event after the West coast swing, the first event of the Florida swing, which means the, the travel in between it comes after, Tigers event, which is a very popular event and most of the players play in. 
Uh, and that comes after the Phoenix Open, which is uh, which the players love playing in. We've seen the crowds. We've seen the kind of the, the party atmosphere. It's just a, a kind of a big celebration there for four days. And a lot of the guys like that. So that so they, they're playing those two events. And then, of course, following Honda is the Arnold Palmer, which is another very popular event. Uh, and the players up in your area, which, of course, all the players play in their, in their tournament. So it's just been a bad spot in the schedule. And this year that was... That was kind of magnified because the tour designated the both events before Honda, the Phoenix Open and the Genesis, and both after uh, the, the Arnold Palmer and the Players, which is already an important event anyway, but they they goosed their purses. So they're up to $20, 25000000 million purses, and Honda's sitting there with an $8.4 million purse. So the combination of players not wanting to, not really, have, not really fond of playing five weeks in a row, Having two 20, 20 to twenty five million dollar purses around an eight a, a tournament with an eight point four million dollar purse, it was easy for them to skip, and the field shows it. It's it's the weakest field they've had when it, just going by the numbers uh, since it's moved to uh, the Champion Course at at, at uh, PGA National. Right now, there's three of the top twenty uh, in the field, and three of the top thirty actually. Next one is thirty number thirty one. So they've got Billy Horschel, Sung J M, and and uh, Shane Lowry and those start 18, 19 and 20. So they have none of the top 17 in the world and, and three of the top 20. That's, that's not good. So what the, what the tour is doing, working with Honda is next year, there's an opportunity next year. The, the way the calendar falls is an extra week in the season uh, before the masters, the all indications are, and what I think the tour will, is going to try to maybe separate the West Coast and the Florida swing. So that means that means that extra week would fall between Genesis and Honda, where they could put either another, you know, a, a, a smaller event, certainly not one that's elevated, and certainly not one with a $20 million purse, or maybe something like the Puerto Rico Open that's played the same weekend as Honda, in which case, all you know, none of the top players would be in that. Uh, that will help. That will that will mean guys can play Honda with possibly skipping the week before, or even if they don't, um, they they could play. They they wouldn't have to play. They could they could take off. They wouldn't have to play five consecutive weeks with four of those elevated. They'd be separating the the events with the twenty million dollar person. So that's what Honda is looking for. That could be the um, solution. The next. Next three years, that's the way the calendar falls. Then, if, then it goes back where the where there's the, that extra week is taken out. But at that point, there are some some years. You know, the the, the tour has made uh, an indication. They've indicated that at least once. You know, whether it's every three, four, five years, but they they know that each event has to get a chance to be a twenty million dollar purse if their sponsors are willing to lay out that money. They're going to give them a chance to do that. If Honda finds a sponsor that wants to do that, there will be time also where it will have a $20 million purse, and that automatically will guarantee you a world-class field. Yeah, and, you know, it, it would just make sense, you would think, for all of the golfers to want to play in the Florida Tour. You're going from South Florida to Orlando to Jacksonville and then over to Tampa, so it's kind of like a nice tour of the state. It's March. You're, you're getting nice weather, so it would be great to see that come back, but one of the other residual effects in this, Tom— I've known that, you know, I'm 46 years old. I've basically known this as the Honda Classic since I was a child. And now Honda will no longer be the sponsor after this year. And a lot of it is because of these reasons. So what are they doing? Do, you know, have you heard of any potential sponsors? Or how are they going to lure someone to be a big-name sponsor if they're not getting those type of fields? 
Yeah, all but all but four years of your life. They they were forty two straight years, the longest running sponsor title sponsor on tour. Um, that will now become the AT and T. Yet started in eighty six. Uh, so th- so that will what be about thirty eight years. Um, what's that? They're 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 very confident they're going to find a a good sponsor. They as soon as they knew this, and they knew this long before it was announced. Uh, they knew that American Honda was kind of just, you know, redoing how they do business and, and pulling out of the Honda Classic. Uh, the tour has a bunch of potential title sponsors, uh, a list. And in fact, I was told it's 40 to 50 potential title sponsors that's just out there at all times. And they start working on it. Uh, I'm told right now it's down to three to five. And those three to five, some of them will be on site. Uh, when the when the tournament starts Thursday, just to get a lay of the land and see what it's all about, and then uh, you know, and then at some point there'll be more negotiating. I'm sure there'll be a lot more negotiating, and at some point, probably perhaps this summer, there's no they have no set deadline. Even if it was, even if it went into the fall, they're good with that. You know, if for the for the for the sponsor, the, the earlier the better to get your you know, to get your name out there and, and to get all the signage and everything done and make sure that, you know, you're 100% uh, out there for the next next year's tournament. Uh, but they're, they're very confident that they'll find one and they'll find a good one. As far as the names, no, I don't any. I'm pushing for the Dunkin' Classic. I could have, you know, I, I'd, I'd, I'd love to have Dunkin' Donut coffee and Dunkin' Donuts in the, uh, in the press room all day, but I don't think it's going to be Dunkin' Donuts. Or maybe the Wawa Classic, you know, I, I, their coffee's pretty good. So I, I I don't know uh, that they're they're uh, they are very confident that they have very they have a uh, quality people out there checking it out and are in the running still and uh, and then they move on. Now the interesting thing is that we talk about these twenty million dollar purses and elevated events. These are as much up to the sponsor as it is the tour. I mean the tour the tour can tell a, a tournament that you are you know would like to make would like to you know up increase your purse to from whatever 8 million to 20 million sponsors have to go along with that because that money is a that money comes from not just the tour but it's kind of a collabor it's a it's definitely a collaboration between the title sponsor and the tour that's where that money comes from and uh, people from the tour have told me there are there are many title sponsors who are good with their the way their event is right now have turned down an opportunity uh, or will turn down an opportunity to go to a $20 million purse. It, it, they feel they don't need to uh, lay out that additional money for the purse because they're getting good fields. Their their charitable numbers are up. Their 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 attendance is good. It's kind of like Phoenix. It's interesting how they they gave Phoenix an elevator. They really didn't need to. Phoenix is a great tournament. They had great fields and they they have the largest crowds in the of the uh, on the tour on tour and uh, non-major it's the biggest e- easily and yet they elevated its purse uh, but they really didn't need to so it's kind of like those like it, there are some sponsors that uh, would prefer not to be elevated they don't want to put out that money so so that will depend on the sponsor too with Honda with the whatever it's called in the next next year but they're they're very confident they, they it is not going anywhere uh, it's not it's going to be a PGA national it's just going to be called something else <laughs> Well, you know, you're sitting there thinking of coffee. I was thinking, hey, isn't Captain Morgan a South Florida thing? But maybe not. <laughs> uh, Bacardi rum. The Bacardi club. There you go. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the other things that, that could be impacting it is, you know, the amount of players who were maybe there in the past who are now in live golf 
and our band. And, you know, we're going to be seeing that a lot coming up because with the Arnold Palmer Invitational March 9th through 12th, or I'm sorry, that's when the, the players is when the Arnold Palmer the week before that. But, you know, the numbers, I believe it was there were 16 live players banned from returning to the Farmers Open in January. There were 15 who didn't play in the Phoenix Open. But the staggering number is when it comes to the players, again, March 9th through 12th, there are 25 participants in last year's tournament who joined Live Golf and are barred from entering, including last year's champion Cameron Smith. So what are your thoughts on on all of that and how those are affecting the tournaments and what Live Golf is doing to some of these PGA events? Well, it's definitely affecting uh, Honda because... Uh, last year, Honda had 11 top 50 golfers. Six of those were, are, are guys who are now on live, and including Brooks Kepka, who was from this area and always played. Joaquin Neiman lives here. Um, he can't play. He's on live. Matthew Wolf lives lives in this county. He's on live. Uh, Charles Schwartzel, Brendan Grace, uh, Dustin Johnson, but he never played Honda. Uh, he hasn't played it since 2015. So there were six of them. Also, Lee Westwood doesn't live here, but he he loved Honda every year he played it, uh, most years. So it, it certainly affects this field. Yeah, it's gonna it's it is going to impact every field. Um, you know, and 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 the fact is too with Honda, <laughs> live live certainly strategically uh, set their first event to go up against Honda, and I'm sure it was because they knew Honda's field. Would not they, they did not want to see live likes to when they're in an event, you like to see the live guys crowing about how their field is stronger than the field they're going up against. So they'll strategic, strategically go up against Honda. They will never they won't go up against one of the, you know, the players or or Arnie or, or Genesis because they know they're not they know that field is just going to crush their field. You know, if you if, if, you know, all in, you know, head to head, full fields, live is nowhere close to the PGA tour. You know, roster. The roster isn't even close. I I look at it as about twenty five percent. It's about a, a quarter is good because when when you look at the numbers, I broke down the numbers of the the guys what they were ranked in the World Golf Rankings when they left the tour and went to live. Wouldn't be fair to do it now because they're not getting those ranking points. But when they left the, the tour to go to live, they have about four or five of the top twenty five. They had you know twenty five to thirty of the top hundred, maybe a few more top hundred. But it's so it's about twenty five to thirty percent the field, the PGA tour field. So next week when they opened up, when they open up in Mexico and, and they have all their guys and they can roll out Kim Smith and Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka and Joaquin Neiman and, you know, the rest of that right there alone, those four and then no one else is better than, than the Honda field. So you'll hear that they have a great, their, their field is better than the field they're up against, but they do that strategically. So, so they'll, they'll make sure they, you know, they're not as much as they can now with 14 events, they can't do it every week, but they'll make sure as much as they can. They're going to go up against a, a tournament that they know on the PGA Tour is not going to get a great field. And and that's when they'll start talking about the the the, the depth and the quality of that field. But it certainly isn't. And it's um it, it is an interesting time. And um I don't think the PGA it certainly has done this, Tim. It definitely has has um, the PGA Tour definitely reacted to them. They have forced the PGA tour to to do make some moves and this, this these elevated events are the primary uh, move they made by you know throwing some more money into the into the into the purses which the players which was one of the you know the issues the players had so that that worked in favor of the players and, the, and some of the players will tell you they thank live for that, for doing that and for for causing that 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 you know those those purses to be increased 
Um, and, and, you know, but, but at this point, I think PGA tour is happy. I think Liv got more players than we expected last year. They certainly did. They certainly got more than I expected, more better players. But I think this off season was a very big disappointment because we heard all we heard at the, at the uh, Doral uh, at their final event at, at um, Doral down in my outside of Miami last October was they were going to be adding big names. And there were all kinds of rumors. There was John Rahm. There was there was Jason Day and Adam, and Adam Scott, uh, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantley. You would have thought they were going to get a couple of those guys the way they were talking. They got none of them. They got none of them. The best they could do was Thomas Pearson or Mito Pereira. Uh, Pereira. Uh, they they certainly did not get the name recognition they wanted this offseason. So while they probably maybe exceeded what they what most expected last year, especially with Brooks and Dustin and Cam Smith, uh, I think they I think they fell a little flat this offseason. Uh, but they open up this week, and uh, if anybody can get CW out there, they'll be able to watch them. Yeah, and that that was going to be my next question is, you know, they, they've got their rosters out, their schedule out, and they finally got the TV deal, but it is on the CW. And when I think of the CW, I think of Veronica Mars and Charmed and Gilmore Girls. I, I don't think of, oh, let's go watch our golf there. And it's not, you know, I, I don't even know what areas get the different versions of CW. So what did you make of that TV deal? Was it just, this is the only place we could get? Exactly. Exactly. I know they tried everything and they'll tell you that they got the. Well, of course, they'll tell you they they got the the network they wanted and and it's in 211 million homes in the U.S. or whatever the number is. But let's face it, it's no, it's it's not a good situation. It's a revenue sharing, number one. Um, So you think about this, the Big 12, I think, was what, 80 million? I I can't in the the astronomical numbers that college football uh, conferences are getting from the ESPNs and Foxes and the combinations of all these of these networks that televise college football, uh, flat out writing checks to them. And here is Live Golf having to share the revenue and still kind of and still, you know, pay a lot of money for their uh, for their talent and for their production costs and all that with the CW network. You know, this isn't they're not doing this with ESPN or Fox Sports and they're doing the CW network. So now it's I, I it's. It wasn't the outcome that they wanted. And that, that's that's the first thing. The second thing is we still haven't heard of one sponsor that's jumped on board. And this entire, Tim, the entire business model is built around getting a television network, bringing in sponsors to increase the value of these 12 four-man teams and then sell these teams as franchises. Live looks as as itself as looks at itself as the NFL, and then uh, Destin Johnson's four aces and Brooks Kepka's smash and Joaquin Neiman's torque and, and and Phil Mickelson's high flyers. They look at them as the the Dolphins and Patriots and Cowboys and 49ers. You know, they're, so they're they're the they're the league, and these are the franchises, and they want to sell these franchises. And the and the insane number that's been out there is they want to get up to $100 million per franchise. And I, I, from what I've, talking to people and seeing some, reading some things, I I believe, well, they'll make, they want you to believe they've been already offered like the $25 million range and they've said no. That was last year. They said no, the value will be greater when we get a TV deal and when we get 
sponsors come on board and um and and they and they can you know they, they think they'll get a lot more money now now all of a sudden so now they now you get if they did just say if it was a wild dream they got 100 million dollars uh, for a team live is going to get 75 percent of that so so live saudi arabia <laughs> will make 75 750 million off the uh, we'll make seven we'll make 75 million off the 100 million uh about what almost a billion when you add 100 million times 12 so 1.2 billion 75 percent of that maybe 800 i guess 800 million so that that goes towards you know that 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 kind of goes towards your startup fee what they're paying now to what they have paid over the billions they've paid to start this up uh and then the captain of the team gets the rest of the money and disperses it but that money has to be used to get marketing people to get people to sell the team and spell, sell their own individual sponsorships it has to be used to pay the players it has to be used for their travel and for their lodging that's a, so so that it, you know it's 25 million might take care of that but are they going to be able to sell this sell each one for 30 million and then then they have like 6 million left for the captain and for the marketing people and for promotions and and for travel and paying the other players it, it it's almost like the numbers will only work if they can sell them for a minimum of i guess 50 million and i don't know who's going to do that one 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 ploy they did to try to get that uh, get those big bucks is if you notice the teams are you know they have a, a team of all australian all south american all you know they have a, a team with um the, the three of the four are south american players i i meant all south africa we have a team with four four guys from south africa so that way they're looking so maybe uh i don't know you know koala airlines in, in, in australia will say oh okay we'll give you 80 million for your team we, we want to buy cam smith's team you know the all all the australian guys so that's one that's one thing they're hoping <clears throat> enhances the values of those teams is the regional and the, the, those countries will pay for those areas of the country. Those countries would pay for would pay more money because they'd have their players uh, representing their country that they that they're uh, you know the, of the team they own. So it's 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 a big ask. There's a lot of you know, there's a lot that has to go into this uh, ending up where they see it ending up. Uh, I I don't know if they're going to get there. That just sounds absolutely insane, quite frankly. I mean, just just the pipe dream among pipe dreams. I, I just, you know, if it were to happen, it's not going to happen anytime soon. I know the Saudis don't mind hemorrhaging money because they're just literally pulling it from the ground constantly. It's definitely... Yeah, well, it's different than what you see from, you know, American capitalism where they're trying to, you know, the only time really rich people spend money is if it's making money. You know, they're just, hey, I've got all this play money and they're, they're going out to do it. And, you know, <laughs> with the CW, I mean, it, it's a terrible deal. And, you know, is the Flash going to show up and is he going to run from one hole to the other to try and draw yeah, attention? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, you know, you know, the Saudis are not going to run out of money. The question is, how long do they want to just keep, you know, just keep spending money with with no return? That's that's just the question. Yeah. I mean, it makes you wonder, do they have a five year plan or a 10 year plan before yeah, they bail? And 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 then they would have ruined the careers of some of the biggest names in golf, although they'd be very rich. So, you know, I, I often wonder to myself, Tom, and, and maybe you've wondered this, like, you know, let's say the Saudis came to you and offered you a ridiculous life changing amount of money to be the journalist of live like, 
you know, it, it's hard to be pious and say, oh, I'd turn that down because, you know, people like us have never made wealth money before. And, it, you know, it, it, it makes you look into yourself. And it's just, it's such a tough thing. So I don't want to, you know, castigate the golfers, but those were already guys who are rich and are now ridiculously rich. But, you know, it, it's just a hard thing to wrap your mind around, though. Uh, you know, somebody making an offer like that, and then you have to decide for yourself, you know, do I go with these people that bone saw journalists or do I do the right thing and not leave the U.S.? Yeah, and, and, I, and, and you're right, Tim, and, I, and I've looked at it, and I've tried to, I, I kind of break it down to three three kind of groups of players. They have the, you know, the stars, the guys that are making their money, the guys who are in there, kind of in their heyday, the, you know, Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepler, Cam Smith, Joaquin Neiman, the, those, those guys. Then you have the young guys like Brooks Kepler's brother, Chase. He's been trying to get on the tour since 2015. So in seven years, he made $350,000. So I, so he just made a normal person's salary, you know, not, not, a, not a great salary in seven years making that much money. So you kind of, his time was running out. He probably would never get on the PGA Tour. Okay, you know, and there's a lot of those guys. There's a lot of guys ranked 500 to infinity on the world golf rankings who are never going to make the PGA Tour. But here they go out there and they're going to make a minimum of $120,000 a tournament and they'll hit one or two where they'll make more and they'll come away with a minimum of probably the the worst will make. I don't know. We'll make at least a million every year. At least I mean, now that there's 14 tournaments, much more than that. You know, the, the guys the same guy finishes last every year, every week. And he doesn't, and his team doesn't ever win. He's still going to make, you know, a million and a half, uh, more than that. So, so I, you get that. And then there's the other guys that you understand too, the Ian Poltons and Graham McDowell's and Lee Westwood's. Although Lee Westwood still had a little bit left two years ago, we saw that. Um, but the guys who were just, you know, they're in their 40s, they're on the downside, and they're looking for one more big payday. They'll probably be their, their two or three year contract. Uh, well, I guess, a lot of these contracts were two, three, four years, probably four for the better players, but their two or three year contract, they probably won't be renewed after their two or three years, but you know what? They'll make, they'll come out of there making some of them $50 million in three years. Uh, Brendan Grace made $12 million on 14 years on the tour. Last year he made 17 million. Jeez. So, you know, you, you I, I get, I'm not, it's not, they're not taking money illegally. Everybody has a right to make money where they can get it from. I don't, I wouldn't do it. I don't think I would do it. Uh, I'm not in that position where I would be, you know, or I'm on the streets and I need this money like I like like nothing else. Um, so but but if if they're OK taking it and I've said this to several of these golfers because I've, I've I've talked to many of them. I've been to a couple of these tournaments and just I've walked the fairways with a few of them during a pro-am and I've and they've asked me and I've said, look, I said and I said what I just told you, everybody has the right, to, you know, to make money, earn money as long as it's not illegal who are we to judge? And we can have, and we can say, you know, we, we don't have to agree with it. We could say exactly what you said. I don't, I don't like where the money's coming from. I said, but everybody who joined this tour has to realize there is going to be a lot of backlash. There was going to be a hit to their reputation. And you know what? They all agreed with me, but they don't care. These are athletes. These athletes don't care what other people think. Most of them, most of them aren't that sensitive. Some are, but most of them just, they'll, they'll cash their checks and, they, they, it doesn't bother them one bit what people say. It'll be interesting to see also uh, how the ones that are allowed to play in the Masters will bear their scarlet letter, in this case being an L on their chest. Yes, I I, I, I hope. That, uh, someone said, I wonder if the Masters will 
the masters will put them all the first two days will put them all in the same group and you know send them off all off at you know seven seven thirty eight eight seven forty five you know first groups off <laughs> or the last groups in the afternoon just the worst time i'll put them all together and you know get them let them let them get out there and, and play amongst themselves yeah but you know how important was it last year for tiger woods to say no to basically a billion dollars for the pga yeah that i mean that that would have been the live that you talk about hitting the jackpot and everything else and the, you know they they would have that would have made it i mean if tiger did it and not just then you would have had guys following him too um I would, it, did, it didn't surprise me. There was no chance if you said to me a year ago, this is what this league's going to be. This is how much they're paying. This is what they're going to offer Tiger Woods. I'd say there's no chance in the world he's taking that. You know, they, they, I that did not surprise me in the least bit. I don't think he would have even, I, I'm, I don't think it was a thought in his mind to take that money. Why, why would he need that now? You know, yeah. I, here's the other thing. How much does he, you know, he's, uh, it it, it would have the investment would have been worth it just for the name, but he but he would have never been on the golf course. Yeah, well, you also think that uh, he's worked so hard to repair his reputation, yes. and this would have destroyed it twice as bad. So you know, smart move by Tiger. Yeah, so, and, and, and and there are others like him that he, there are some that ever made a multi multi gazillion dollars like tiger and dustin johnson has and still went and you know rory has and justin Tom, these guys the top these perennial top 10 guys you know they're we're talking about 40 50 60 million dollars just on the course we're talking about hundreds of hundred million dollars or more for most of them they, they don't they they don't need it makes me laugh when some of them dustin johnson and, and brooks kept go i want to take care of my grandchildren you haven't taken care of dustin johnson made 70 million dollars more than that on the pga tour he hasn't taken care of his grandchildren already. He's taken care of 10 generations of Johnsons. So, you know, it, it just makes me laugh. The excuses they try to find um, just to, you know, just to not talk about the elephant in the room, where the money's coming from. <laughs> well, you know, Tom, I think it's been a great discussion on Live Golf. I just wanted to touch on a couple other things before I let you go here. But this was one of my favorite stories I've read recently just because of how it made me laugh. Love him or hate him, former President Donald Trump is always doing something to grab attention. And he declared himself the winner after a shady round where he didn't really even play. So he just, you know, took his score from a few days ago and then declares himself grand champion. Why don't you tell us what happened at his tournament here a couple of weeks ago? Because that one just, I, I, I couldn't stop laughing with that. I just wish there were members at trump international here in west palm beach that would talk because man but you know you know that they you know the first day they do that's the last day they're a member of trump international but uh yeah so they have their senior championship i believe it was uh over a two-day period uh the first day uh the owner of the course donald trump was not there uh he had he was actually he was at a funeral for one of his supporters who had passed away and um, so he was in North Carolina, I believe. Uh, so the, the members played their first day of their of their member champion of their of their championship, and they come back the next day and they look at the the leaderboard is up there and there's Donald Trump at the top of the leaderboard. They like he wasn't even here. So what he did is he got back. He said there was a, I think it was two days before uh, he went out and played a practice round and. He, you know, <laughs> whatever you, who, who knows, but he says he, they, it wasn't, it, they, they scored it by the Stableford system. So it was points. It wasn't strokes, but 
the score he gave himself was five points better than anybody else. When you do the stable system, it's going by high, high number, unlike, you know, a regular golf tournament. Uh, so we wrote his name in top of the top of the board and uh, they all got back. And there was uh, there was Trump leading the tournament. And at the end of the day, he won the tournament. <laughs> he had a five shot lead or five point lead entering the final day and held on and won. So declared himself uh, champion for like the 20. He, he said he'd won like 21 <laughs> club championships. Uh, I think Rick Riley wrote in his book that. The, like the best club champions he knows that won eight, nine, ten in their lives. So he has, um, and and what actually the the Rick Riley book. Well, Rick Riley had a, I read a story that of which he was interviewed, and Trump told him what he would do is whenever he opened a new course, he'd be the first one to play the course. So he'd get out there on a cart, play the course alone. That would be the champion. That would be the club champion because it was the only round played, and he would declare himself the club champion of every course that he opened. So he went. That's a club champion. That's one. You know, he opens up. He's opened up 18 courses. You know, so I guess that's 18 year club championships right there. So uh, yeah. So that was um, that was the uh, the reaction to that story. I'll say was interesting from <laughs> um, people who love it and people who you know from both sides. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I'm going to declare myself the the winner of the Tim Walters championship. And uh, even though there's no such thing, I've won it for 15 years in a row. So I'll catch him someday because I'm 30 something years younger. And, and give yourself, you know, you know, what, what does it pay? How about a thousand dollars goes to the champion? You can pay yourself a thousand dollars. Oh, that's fantastic. In fact, I might just show up at the Masters and tell them I'm in the lead on Sunday and see what happens. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Well, Tom, what are you going to be working on as we near the Honda this week and then in the next few weeks thereafter? Because I know that you're a busy man. You're always writing all sorts of golf. So what, what do we have to look forward to? Yeah, it's amazing. I've been here 42 years and for 37, I never covered golf, maybe around here and there helping out different tournaments. And now it's like 80% of my job. So it's it's all golf. I mean, I will be at, at dip, dip pieces of, I think, five tournaments over the next, over a two-month period. Last weekend, I helped out um, our Southwest Florida properties covering the uh, tour senior, the seniors tour, uh, the, the senior championship tour um, at Tiburon, uh, which Bernard Longer won and set a record. I was not there yesterday for that, but I was there earlier in the, early in the tournament. This week, it's, I'll be at Honda every day. Um, uh, I'm coming up to your neck of the woods for a few days. I won't be there the entire week. I usually am, but I'm not going to be there the entire week at the players early in the week, maybe the, probably the first round, because when I get to come back and then I, I'm going out to uh, Tucson for the first U.S. Live event. Uh, now, we did this last year at Portland. We went to the first one after Live is such a polarizing thing to write write about. And uh, the thing is, people are reading it. People who hate it are reading it. People who love it are reading it. And that's all you want is everybody's reading it. So the numbers are through the roof and we know people are interested in anything you write about it. So so we'll, we the, so the, the first two years of live we've taken the first U.S. event and gone to that to write about it, kind of establish ourselves for the season, uh, and then um, and then well two weeks after that they are in Orlando, so that's one I can drive to, and the week after that is the Masters, which I'm I'll be I'll be heading up to. So this like that's that's right there. Uh, th- this two month stretch uh, is more golf than I covered in 37 years, literally. Actually, it actually is. Uh, for this two month stretch. And then it's, uh, then it's, uh, I don't know what it is after that. It's, it's just time off getting ready for football season, I guess. 
Absolutely. Well, you know, when you look at it, it'll be interesting because like you say, we watch the metrics. We know what people are reading. And of course, we're going to write about things that the people are most interested in. But I'm curious to see what the what the actual viewership numbers for their tournaments are going to be like. Do people just care about the storylines of famous people playing for a, you know, a, a known, a, a, you know, bad government nation that, that, you know, takes away freedoms or do they actually care about the golf? So, uh, so that will be one to watch for. I have said this all the last six months. Uh, how long does this last? Because from my experience, no one cares about the golf that no one can. I, I was at the, the two tournaments I was at, especially Portland. When I went to Portland, the first one in the U S there, out of, there was about four or five media outlets, including the New York Times, including ESPN, that left when the golf started. <laughs> they they were there for the storylines. And the storylines were great, great last year because every it seemed like every other week you had another name coming all the way all the way to September when Cam Smith jumped. But, you know, the first wave of names with 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 Phil with you know Dustin Johnson on it and then Phil Mickelson and then you get the Brooks Kepka wave and and you're getting all the and, and Patrick Reed, um, Sergio Garcia all these names he's you know uh, Bryson DeChambeau, big names and all the way to Cam Smith they they were able to from May to September so all, every time one of the every time they were able to put that out that's a you know that that's a that's a a huge story and then of course there was you know there's the bickering and the lawsuits and the PGA's reaction to the to what's going on the, the your first um, your first experience on a, at a live event with the the music and the shotgun starts and the and the team you know how the whole team aspects well all that's kind of now we all know about that now and there's no more we all know right now at this point I I would be shocked if they got another you know big name for the rest of this year uh, I, that I think that's done so you're not going to keep getting those names trickling in. Uh, you can only write about where the money's coming from for so long. We already we all know where that's ha- what's happening over there. We all, all know where the money's coming from, and we know what the tournaments look like. So how long does this popularity last? And and at one point, because at at some point they are going to have to sell the golf. And right now, no one really cares about the actual golf. <laughs> and that's a problem when you're a golf league. Tom, we can read all of your stuff at palmbeachpost.com. And where can people find you on social media if they want to see what you're putting, your, the links you're posting there? On Twitter at Tom D'Angelo, T O M D A N G E L O 44. And um, yep, every, everything's there, including uh, including our entire Honda. It wasn't a special section, but it. It was uh, within the sun within the section yesterday. Uh, a lot of Honda stuff, and there will be a lot of Honda stuff uh, moving forward the rest of the week. Also tomorrow here down here we have Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy holding a press conference uh, at Palm Beach State College about two miles from 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 PGA National about Tiger's new golf league that 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 Monday league that they're going to have there that Rory is part of Tiger and Rory's golf league. So they're having a quick. Uh, uh, a press car, a very unusual, a rare Tiger Woods, you know, kind of press conference outside off the course uh, tomorrow morning, which is um, which is going to be, uh, I'm, I'm sure, very very crowded. And that that's taking place Tuesday morning. Just in case you're listening to this on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, we're taping on a Monday. Good to remind people of that. So yeah, yeah, and um, you know, and that uh, Honda hopes that gets a little few people interested in that tournament, but. They are not hopeful that there's going to, it's not going to, let's put it this way. There'll be plenty of seats available in the media room at the Honda Classic this week. 
Alrighty, well, maybe next year it'll be the Dunkin' Classic, and you can get yourself some good coffee. Yeah, yeah and, uh, and, a, and a lot more world, and, and a lot more top twenty players. That would that whatever it's called, if they get if they get a lot more top twenty players, they'll be very happy. Well, donuts would get me there, so it doesn't take much. I don't need millions. Tom, it's always a pleasure talking to you, and I do. I look forward to seeing you up there in Ponte Vedra Beach here in a couple of weeks, and uh, get to, get to see you in person for the first time in a year. Yep, looking forward to going up there. It's always a great event. And uh, thanks again for having me, Tim. And let's keep the rain away because it rained like crazy last year during the Players' Championship. The strangest, one of the most bizarre and uh, the weirdest tournaments. You know, and I, again, I haven't covered a, a lot, but by far, nothing, nothing was like that week we had last year up there. Nope, no, it wasn't. Well, that's that's going to do it for this episode of the State of Florida Sports Podcast. I'm Tim Walters. And to quote golfing legend Arnold Palmer, I have a tip that can take five strokes off anyone's game. It's called an eraser. Sure, like he needed one. Thanks for listening and join us again next time. going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.